0: For October 18th, 2022, I'm Steve Foder. I'm Chip Hessenflo. (laughs) We're just a couple of guys sitting around talking about things that are important to us. Hopefully they're important to you. If we need more information, there's so many great ways to find more information. Chip, it is the heart and soul of spooky season at this point. I am reading the right books, listening to the right music, and I am ready for trick-or-treating and all the spooky fun of October.
1: It is a great time things are getting cool outside get those fires going in the fire pits mm-hmm. hang out do some um marshmallows you never know steve
0: sounds great i'm i'm all for marshmallows uh take the marshmallow peeps and use those for s'mores they they, they make you laugh when you melt little chicks Film at 11. Brings us to our film at 11, our movie of the week. Hey, Chip, did you make it to the movie theater this week?
1: I did not make it to a movie theater, Steve. I watched it on the big screen television.
0: All right. You got a chance to see a movie that I have heard about. Uh, it's called The Greatest Beer Run Ever. This is on Apple TV Plus, and I'm interested to hear your take on this
1: movie. So it's uh, based on a true story, Steve, based on a true story. Mm And it takes place during Vietnam. So Bill Murray, you should know, is our bartender. And he plays the uh, bartender from the 60s um, really, really well. Mm -hmm. But the idea is a young man is kind of struggling to kind of find his place. Um, A lot of young men kind of fail to get started in life, kind of mess around a little bit. And -hmm. that is Zach Efron's character. Now, during this time, there's also a, a war going on. There is the draft, and a lot of men are signing up to go away to Vietnam. And uh, one night at the, uh, at the local uh, bar, Zac Efron and his friends decide that um, wouldn't it be great to bring some beer over to their friends in Vietnam, and deliver it to tell them that they're thinking about them, that they're cheering them on. And then that starts Zach Efron's uh, journey. Ultimately, when he, he, he arrives, is introduced to the war uh, situation. He is a, a man who still sees the world in a black and white. He will end this war by not seeing things in black and white. He will become a man. He will grow up and certainly See the complexities of a war situation, and sort of how it was um, uh, reported. Hmm. So there, there's a narrative going on um, that's released through the government. There's a narrative of what the reality is, and then there's a the, there is the um, reality that Zach Efron's character ends up having to take from it, along with all the other participants in it. Russell Crowe uh, is certainly a, a very good uh, person. To introduce him to that, he plays a member of the press corps, a photographer. And um, once again, we go from the innocence of youth to the complexities of a grown-up. Um, this is not uh, a movie that's going to preach and, and hit you over the head. But certainly the story is there, that things are much more complex than, um, than maybe the television or uh, reporting gives you. And the narrative that you're receiving is not necessarily the true narrative. So this is not a downer of a a film. This isn't about an awakening. It's not a great film. It's not a bad film. I'm going to say 45 out of 100. Okay. And if it's something that you have interest in, because... You know, it's on Apple TV Plus. Mm-hmm. You know, go watch it. I, I, I don't think this, once again, is a bad film. I just don't think it's going to be something that's going to, you know, win any awards or, you know, you couldn't find better alternatives out there.
0: What is the genre of this? Is this a comedy?
1: There is comedy. This is a dramedy, okay. I would say. But really, this is um, a story of, of an awakening about a man going on a journey. Um, and he leaves New York City as a boy and arrives back in, in New York as a man who is ready to take on the world so if if there's I mean the, the really the part of it that, that I think that I'm latching on to most is that he was a, a man who didn't have a purpose hmm. exited the the war situation a, awakened okay um, but, that was just the part to get him started on his journey of life that Mm -hmm. um, it is just, he was, he exited the, the war situation. He arrives back at the bar. They offer him uh, a a drink on the house and he goes, no, I, I need, I've got some things I need to do. So he's, he's stepping away from boyhood Hmm. and he's becoming the man at the end they kind of give some credits on what he did for his career and i think a lot of young people you know they this is the the wake-up call for him not a war situation but at some point you recognize that you are a participant in life mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, just to get started
0: okay where's bill murray in all
1: this Where does
0: bill murray's role
1: He's just a bartender. Okay. But he he's just Zach Efron is, by the way, this is a great character for Zach Efron to play. And there's no doubt that Zach Efron's going to have a career in film and he's going to do some great films. Okay. So he went from, you know, high school musical guy mm-hmm. to being, you know, the ability to be a silly actor, but also a very serious actor. His challenge is going to be finding great parts. Okay. And and this is what the the deal with Apple TV Plus is, is they have the money. Mm-hmm. They're looking for the, the scripts and they really are struggling to find, you know, that magic one. That's just, it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a lot of stuff that's just right there, but just not the best. All right.
0: All right. That's a, that's a pretty lukewarm review for that, but I'm glad that you went through that experience. I got to see. I'm going to say my favorite piece of October film in 2022 today, Chip. All right. This is Werewolf by Night. This is on Disney+, Plus. not highly advertised, not a movie that I really heard anything about. It just popped up on Disney+, and I thought, eh, I like werewolves. It's October. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to tell you right now, Chip. If you watch this movie, you would give it a very high score. I think that this film is almost perfect. This is an amazing look at black and white 1950s style horror. And what you could do with that genre in 2022, with all the money in the world, Disney money, and all the creativity in the world, the people who put together this film care deeply about those black and white 1950s horror movies and they they gave me a gift because I love that subgenre of horror. I don't like horror in general, but 1950s black and white
1: this is extremely special. You do know that Werewolf by Night was a comic book.
0: This is an adaptation of a comic book. This is a Marvel movie. This is a superhero movie, but it's extra different from anything that we've seen from Marvel up until this point. Okay. The interesting part about it is this is 55 minutes. This is not even an hour long special written for October release. This has been in development for over 21 years. This is a part of phase four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it is so different. In fact, our Kevin Smith, not that Kevin Smith, but our Kevin Smith reviewed this on his show. And he said, this is his favorite piece of the Marvel Cinematic Universe since WandaVision. That says a lot because WandaVision was pretty
1: special. Well, how wonderful. And you're saying this is a black and white presentation. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the story. Well, the story is... A very creepy, very standard
0: 1950s horror story. A group of people are coming together. They are hunters, the best hunters in the world coming together, and they are going to hunt one creature. And whomever it is that kills the creature will get the bloodstone and all the powers that it contains. And we meet these Interesting characters, one of whom is played by Kirk R. Thatcher, one of our friends of the show. And boy, is he ever a scene stealer. He plays a Scottish hunter and he's got this big voice and this big character, and he's got this big axe. And he steals so many of the scenes in this 55 minute special.
1: And is this truly a horror film?
0: I would say I would say this is very very much in that 1950s horror style. There is a little bit of blood and it's digital but it's done in such a way that um I don't want to spoil anything because this is this is so good. It's done in such a way that it's like the hallway fights from Daredevil. Do you remember how wonderful we thought those pieces of choreography were? That's the kind of magic that's done in Werewolf by Night. This is the directorial debut of Academy award-winning composer Michael Giacchino. And boy, I got to tell you, the music, the sound design, the soundtrack of this is definitely from an award-winning composer. The music is Phenomenal, goes with the emotion of the action perfectly. The cinematography is stunning. Sound design is fantastic. Choreography and and just the visuals, just the putting together a five-sided room where all of this action is taking place is fantastic I, I can't say more about this because there are some spoilers that i could really ruin the story for you but i i really highly recommend that you drop everything and watch this 55 minute special hopefully the movies coming out this week are going to be just as good as that uh the first one is black adam the sequel to shazam from 2019
1: this stars the Rock, steve
0: Yes, we've been waiting for three years to see the Rock play Black Adam, the uh, anti-hero that fights against the idea of Captain Marvel, Shazam.
1: Sure. This is a, a character that was originally part of the Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, and Captain Marvel Jr., and under who says the word, Billy Batson says Shazam and becomes Captain Marvel. This was the bad guy that has become sort of the antihero now, hasn't he?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I look for.
0: I've been looking forward to this for three years. Uh, he did make his cinematic debut in the DC League of Super Pets, the animated, where D- Dwayne Johnson as Black Adam talked to Crypto the Super Dog, who was played by dwayne johnson (laughs) in a very humorous moment in that movie I, i really look forward to this one i have high expectations pierce brosnan is in it along with viola davis so uh i have high expectations Ticket to Paradise is a movie that's coming out this week. This is George Clooney and Julia Roberts playing a divorced couple that teams up, travels to Bali to stop their daughter from making the same mistake that they made
1: 25 years ago. Their daughter is played by Caitlin Deaver. Well, something somehow it looks like that husband and wife, uh, they divorce, but somehow still like each other. I have a feeling there's a reunion in this movie.
0: We've never seen this movie, Chip. This is a brand new movie. I don't know why you're why you're speculating what's going to happen in this movie. <laughs> There's an Irish movie, a very Irish movie coming out this week called The Banshees of In Sheeran. This is Colin Farrell, can't get much more Irish than that. Brendan Gleason, can't get more Irish than that. And Carrie Condon, uh, two lifelong friends, abruptly end their relationship. And uh, one of them threatens to cut off his fingers if the other one talks to him. This seems like a very uh deep story with very, very silly things happening in this Irish tale
1: well it does look there's something going on there mm-hmm. and the, you you did mention it the uh, the violinist says that if he continues to try to create a friendship with him he will cut a finger off each day until he doesn't have any more fingers now if that doesn't tell you that this friendship should be ending <laughs> but Colin Farrell's character doesn't look like he's the brightest guy no. does he
0: No. And and in the trailer, he goes home and talks to his family and his family goes, well, are we going to wait and see if he cuts off one finger at least to see if he's bluffing? (laughs) Colin Farrell's like, no, I don't want him to cut off any fingers. Very silly.
1: Steve, not all of our movies um, are on the movie screen. Some of them, they have to leave tour.
0: That one was very Irish. This one's very English. It's Harry Styles in My Policeman. This one, yes, is on Amazon Prime. The idea of uh, a a clandestine relationship that is being revealed 40 years later is the story of My Policeman.
1: Well, how, how special is that? Steve, what we really need is a low budget horror film. maybe a slasher film
0: yes please 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 send me low-budget slasher films any low-budget slasher films you want me to watch i am happy to watch the one this week is called slayers this is vampire hunters and uh yes very very low-budget film abigail breslin is the is the name that you need to know for that one i i will watch this movie
1: and speaking of low-budget roots (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a great
0: transition, sir. Yes. Speaking of low-budget television programs, Doctor Who is hitting our screens on Sunday, October 23rd for the finale of the Jodie Whittaker era, the last episode of Doctor Who that will be a part of BBC America before uh, the new production company takes over. We've been waiting for this for so long. The last episode of Doctor Who was so long ago I don't even remember it and the new era is just waiting in the wings they, they've been very quiet they've not been able to say anything because they want this episode to air first this is going to be a huge adventure at least one doctor is going to be in this maybe two maybe three and we get lots of companions coming back through time to help with the power of the doctor on Sunday
1: well, one of us is very excited. And your crummy
0: vampire movies, I will watch them after Doctor Who. Book it,
1: book it, book it, book it,
0: book it, it, it. 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 Brings us to our book and our book of the week. Uh, Chip, I've mentioned that it is the middle of October and, and I'm getting into all of the spooky things that I love. And I decided that it was time for me to read the autobiography, yours cruelly, Elvira, Cassandra Peterson, the actress who has been playing Elvira for 40 years, made herself a autobiography. And it was published last year at this time. And I, I waited, I I left it on the shelf and I didn't read it until this week.
1: Now, for those of you who are not familiar with Elvira, (laughs) (laughs) who's not familiar with Elvira, Steve, young people,
0: young people might not be familiar with Elvira. Elvira might show up in your, in your monsters movie. And you might not know who that is.
1: Yes. So she was the Spinguli. Mm-hmm. She she was the Zachary. Yeah, she was the person who introduced the horror films in the West Coast
0: in L.A. She was making three hundred dollars a week hosting schlocky B movies on the local TV station, and she turned that into a career, a lifelong career, a multi million dollar international licensing empire.
1: She sold Coors Light, Steve.
0: <laughs> she talks about that. There, there's a long chapter in this book about the time that Coors Light decided that they were going to associate Halloween with beer drinking. And they called her the Queen of Halloween in the late 80s and early 90s. But the weird part about it was that they really did not want to emphasize her sexuality. They really wanted her to cover her chest. Because there was something about the beauty of not only Cassandra Peterson but Elvira, these two separate entities that Coors did not want to show off cleavage.
1: It's a family beer, Steve. It's, a, it's the banquet beer. You can't no have... no no. That's coors. Coors light is a silver bullet. It's Steve. a silver bullet. That's right. It's it's for you, it's used for killing werewolves.
0: <laughs> For whatever reason, she goes into this it's a long chapter about how the guy in charge of Coors did not want to show any cleavage. So if you watch the commercials, I put the YouTube videos in the show notes, they have covered her cleavage in such a unnatural way with the hair from the black wig that it, it doesn't mean doesn't make any sense. It's illogical. The idea that sex sells, is certainly part of Elvira's career and having her as the spokesperson to sell beer and then wanting to unnaturally cover her uh most famous parts doesn't
1: make any sense well tell us a little bit about this book it didn't start off with the silver bullet steve Right. That's, that's a little bit later in the
0: story of Cassandra Peterson. Cassandra Peterson started life as a a young lady at 18 months old. She had a horrific, terrible injury where she tipped a pot of boiling water onto her body and she had near fatal third degree burns over a, a large amount of her skin. And that moment, that time, really taught her about what it means to be secure in yourself she had childhood bullies that would tell her that she was ugly because of her scars from this and she really took that to heart and and decided that she can be proud of her body and she went on to become a stunningly beautiful woman But at age 17, she actually got a job as a topless showgirl at the Dunes Hotel in Las Vegas. It's it's a huge turnaround to think of that. So,
1: So is she still scarred?
0: Yeah. Yeah. The scars still exist on her body. They used makeup to cover the scars when she was dancing in Las Vegas. And she's had surgeries and and skin grafts, and she survived this traumatic moment to become this prolific comedian and actor.
1: Now, she has a background in comedy, too, right?
0: Yes, she is very, very good at comedy. I enjoy listening to Elvira's comedy. She worked with the Groundlings in Los Angeles. Uh, The improv group that she worked with included Phil Hartman, John Paragon, Edie McClure, and Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman. That was her graduating class from the Groundlings.
1: Sounds like she's got a really good group of people. Does she work with them? I'm, I'm really surprised mm-hmm. she didn't. Um, I know that Phil Hartman and Pee Wee Herman work together. Mm-hmm. And uh, John
0: Paragon, you might know as John B., the genie from Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yes. He was the one, uh, she describes how John Paragon and, and Cassandra, they were the two people that put together the persona of Elvira, that it exists only because the two of them worked together on that. If you remember Pee-wee's big adventure, she appeared in that movie and Edie McClure appeared in the Elvira movie. Really? Mm -hmm. So yeah, the troupe of those actors working together really made comedy of the late 80s and early 90s. Phil Hartman was, of course, on Pee-wee's Playhouse, uh, and Edie McClure was all over the place, including uh, her her big role, I think,
1: was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Well, he's, he's a real righteous dude, Steve. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the other actor who was in the Groundlings at the time was Tress McNeil, who is a a, a very talented voice actor. She actually went on to play Booberella in The Simpsons, the the ripoff of Elvira. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you? I, I still love The Simpsons. I, I, I'm sorry that it's not the same as it was, but back. Back when it was hilarious, The Simpsons was one of my favorite things.
1: So how did she get involved in these uh, Saturday or Sunday afternoon movies? she tells
0: such a great story about this she says that she was a fan of horror movies as a very young kid she reports that her first horror movie was actually william castle's house on haunted hill which is one of those really schlocky vincent price horror movies it's not the same as the horror of hill house by the way house on haunted hill is a different story and she she remembers being seven or eight years old and being completely gobsmacked by the idea of telling a story through that voice that vincent price shocker story and she says that she went through and was a collector of the aurora monster modeling kits of that era as well that she was totally into the idea of horror movie monsters and then came this opportunity to be the host of these b movies on the local tv station
1: so she created this persona that uh, really somehow captured the united states because Mm -hmm. it went beyond la to be you know across the nation
0: international really the the two elvira movies really are are crummy little schlocky B movies, but they have an audience. There's an audience for her talent, her ability to tell jokes and her absolute beauty is, is on display. It's funny to think that Elvira is technically a drag queen role. She designed this character along with John Paragon after seeing drag shows in LA and using some of the skills that those performers use with the big beehive hairdo and the the silly skimpy outfits to express this idea of
1: sexuality. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, think of the B-52s, the rock They used a very similar um, sort of look and
0: stick. Sh- uh, mm-hmm. No doubt, uh, Vampira though. Uh, she, Vampira hosted a horror movie show in LA before Elvira. And when Vampira left and Elvira took over, uh, Vampira actually sued, saying that Elvira was taking her look and that's just not true. Elvira based the idea of this look on a combination of the Bride of Frankenstein with the big hairdo and Morticia from the Addams Family. It's a combination of those two that made up the persona of Elvira. Uh, Vampira was not very happy with the idea that she was being replaced.
1: So what, what else did we learn in this book?
0: One of my favorite stories is the, the the possibility, think about this for a second, the possibility that Rob Temperman, the songwriter for Thriller, originally wanted Elvira to do the spoken word part of that song. Quincy Jones d- had a personal connection to Vincent Price and got Vincent Price to do it instead, but imagine what that would have sounded like with a very comedic role for elvira saying the words in thriller
1: interesting
0: it would have changed the whole vibe of the song vincent price had this voice had this place in movie history that was very stoic and the very stoic spoken word segment of that song is a big part of my memory of Thriller. If it had been a silly uh, Valley Girl comedic part, it would have changed the vibe of that song completely. Possibly. For decades, Cassandra Peterson has been an ally and a gay icon and activist for LGBTQ causes. And and then in this book last year, she came out as a lesbian who has been living for 19 years in a very committed relationship with a woman. She kept this a secret because, not because she was you know, feeling like people would not accept her because she knows that she would be accepted. She felt that the character of Elvira is uh, this, this sexual character and she didn't want to risk the character's reputation for the actor's life. It's a, it's a very interesting choice that she made. Uh, She did report in this autobiography, this secret from 19 years Hence, uh, very interesting. There are some who have pointed out that maybe this autobiography isn't the most truthful, that maybe there's more fiction to this story. But I got to tell you, I love
1: the story. Why, why would they question the uh, the validity of this story?
0: There are some um, characters in this story that the the reality might not be accurate. Uh, she name drops quite a few different celebrities that she had relationships with Tom Jones, uh, very specifically that story might not be accurate. Uh, she, she reports that she had a relationship with Jimi Hendrix. And if you look at the dates of when that happened, that doesn't exactly check out, uh, her encounter with elvis presley uh may or may not have happened she certainly got away with words here uh and whether or not some of those things really happened is questioned okay but really if if it's an autobiography we've got to take everything a person tells a story of their life with a grain of salt we have to understand that it's a story this is one of my favorite types of autobiographies it's not a chronology it is a true beginning middle and end narrative and i was entertained throughout this story uh listening to the audiobook where cassandra peterson reads this book was was phenomenal
1: how wonderful
0: I would suggest this to just about anybody who loves schlocky B-horror movies, all of my friends who watch Sven with me on Saturday nights, we all know a little bit about Elvira. Now we know a little bit more. That's yours, cruelly Elvira, published last year in 2021 by Cassandra Peterson. Scroll with it. Or scroll with it there's a lot of things happening in the world let's talk about almost none of them what's going on in your world chip
1: what's going on in my world well this week uh, or last week alan moore released as a uh, a book about his short stories called illuminations and that uh is going to be one of the books that we'll review in the next few weeks interesting
0: remind us again about alan moore he's he's an interesting character in and of himself like elvira
1: well steve he's a he's a warlock
0: He's a wizard.
1: He's He's a a wizard. wizard, (laughs) (laughs) There is a wonderful picture of him. He's on television and it's like uh, writer, artist, wizard. (laughs) 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 He's got this massive beard. He certainly is a very colorful person and a very Mm -hmm. talented writer. He is probably known as the most celebrated writer, other than Stan Lee.
0: So comic books is is one of his big things that he writes.
1: Yes. He retired um probably four or five years ago. And he okay. said he was only going to write, well, short stories and books.
0: I like short stories. So this collection of short stories might be very interesting, might be a little disturbing. Uh, Alan Moore brings up some interesting topics in his writing.
1: Oh, he's a wild man. Don't get it, don't get me wrong. He is a wild man. Just be yeah. just be prepared to go on the trip with him.
0: I I think I might be prepared, maybe not.
1: <laughs> Steve, this is coming Saturday, what are we doing in Elgin? Time to go back to Elgin. They're
0: back for the first time since twenty nineteen. The Nightmare on Chicago Street is hitting the streets of Elgin. The zombies are here, and we need to find safety.
1: Well, my understanding is you are supposed to bring your brain there. <laughs>
0: i've been told i got an email saying please bring your brain to chicago street on saturday october 22nd i don't know what it has to do so
1: so so let's be so let's be clear it's chicago street in elgin illinois so a suburb (laughs) yes and they want you to bring your brains because what do zombies eat steve
0: (laughs) well they go into the blue box cafe and they get a blt That's, that's my favorite part of the Nightmare on Chicago Street is I sought shelter when I went there last, I don't know, it was probably four or five years ago. There were so many people at the Nightmare on Chicago Street. I sought shelter at our favorite spot, the Blue Box Cafe, uh, right there on Chicago Street. I look forward to seeing all of my friends uh, safely uh, uh, tucked away <laughs> Nightmare on Chicago Street on Saturday night.
1: So after you finish that, and the darkness is coming, because Steve, Daylight savings mm-hmm. time will be coming so- shortly. The days are mm-hmm. getting shorter. But is there a victory over of light over the darkness?
0: Yes. Diwali begins on Monday, October 24th. This is the celebration of the festival that is celebrating the victory of light over darkness, good over evil, and knowledge over ignorance.
1: Well, Steve, that's called Pam, the door for us. <laughs>
0: The, the the knowledge over ignorance? Yes, that's next week. <laughs> next week. Next week is Diwali, followed by Pam coming in to give us some knowledge for sure. You can read along with us. Our Halloween read-along this year is The Haunting of Hill House, published in 1959 by Shirley Jackson. One of the classic horror stories. Uh Stephen King has said out loud that it is his favorite horror story grab your copy we're going to discuss it on tuesday october 25th with pam Bador. send us your comments we would love to hear from you i don't know chip i think we have enough information to survive another week what do you think only if we can come back next week steve it's been a very silly show so far we'll see what happens we would love to hear from you. Give us a call or a text. Our phone number is 805-4104-TMS. Our website is too much scrolling.com. Our email is too much scrolling at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And you can always ask your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Too Much Scrolling. I want to thank you again for listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'm Steve Fodor. I'm Chip and <laughs> See you in the future. <laughs>